You're listening to Inch by Inch, the ultimate home comfort show, live on AM980 and online at am980.ca. Got a question about plumbing, heating, or air conditioning? Call now, 519-643-2222 or 1-866-354-8255. Now, here's your hosts, Peter and Steve. Good morning. I'm Peter Inch, host of the Inch by Inch Ultimate Home Comfort Show and general manager of Roy Inch & Sons Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing, a service experts company and three-time winner of the Consumer's Choice Award, the Free Press Best of London, and the London Community News Reader's Choice Award. We're glad you could join us this Saturday morning and hope you can join us every Saturday morning from 9 to 9.30 as we provide you, our listeners, some information on your heating, air conditioning, and plumbing, how it works, and some energy-saving tips. But... Most important, the phone lines are open, so give us a call at 519-643-2222 or 1-866-354-8255, where you can always send us an email uh, while we're on the air or anytime during the week at inchbyinch at serviceexperts.com. And one lucky caller today will win a free air conditioner or furnace tune-up, whatever they would like. So don't wait and give us a call. And we have, of course, Steve with us in the studio this week. In the studio. That's right, Peter. Uh, Last week, Steve was riding for MS from Grand Bend to London and then London to Grand Bend. And how's the legs? Actually, uh, I recovered quite quite nicely. Uh, uh, Sunday was a a bit of an issue, just sitting down mostly. It was um, a little sore, but um, all is good. Yep. Well, didn't you sit on the bike the whole time? <laughs> That's the problem, sitting on the bike the entire time for 150 kilometers, yeah. Well, and I, you, you mentioned there was 2,500 riders? Yeah, 2,500 riders. So um, it was it's quite a sight to see. Very well organized. The They certainly know uh, it's it's uh, well laid out. There are stops along the way. There's always someone there riding up and down uh, the the, uh, the route, making sure that everybody's safe. And, yeah, it, it went... It, exceptionally well, exceptionally well run. Well, and I, I know we heard on AM 980 all the traffic reports of bikes on Naren Road and, and everything, <laughs> so I knew that uh, that it was going well. But we appreciate what you did to raise money for MS and what everybody did uh, that was out there. Yeah, it was awesome. So. I'll probably do it again next year. You're more than welcome to cycle with us next year if you want. Yeah, why don't we head right to the phones here? <laughs> we have... Uh, James on the phone. James, go ahead with your question. Yeah, good morning. Thanks. Uh, so I've got a, an interstherm uh, furnace, which I've had since 96. I'm, I'm just hoping it hangs on for another year or so. I don't know, but uh, I just wonder, what's the average cost for a furnace nowadays? Uh, well, it, it it lots of different furnaces to pick from, James, but um, you can certainly get like a, any any furnace that we install these days they're going to start around in the in the high twos and yeah 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 and they go the most you know the the nicest furnace like the Cadillac of furnaces is around six thousand. Oh God, is that right? Eh? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I live in the trailer park in Springbank now. I think there are only I've always had Hyde Park. You know, I mean, well, at least for they put the last couple of furnaces in. But um, so anyway, um, yeah. Is there are there any companies that will? Uh, bring a furnace to the trailer park, so to speak, or are there only a couple places that handle that job? So well, the uh, a furnace that goes in a mobile home or a trailer home has to be, it's a very specific product, so um, it has to be 
uh, approved for that installation. So it really cuts down on your choices. But exactly, yeah, yeah. But, but we we certainly handle those as well. So if if you're looking for a competitive quote, please give us a call, and I can come out and, and have a look at that for you. Yeah. Uh, well, I heard I heard it was in the high twos, whatever it could be, thirty five. I can't afford any more than that. You know, when the time comes. Uh, now, uh, one thing I did like about Hyde Park, at least in the past, was, uh, you know, of course, it's been a lot of years, obviously, but uh, was that they had a lot of choice for some companies. They seem to push certain furnaces, and, and I don't like that. I want choice. Uh, and uh, now I was always told, too, that never buy a, a high-efficiency furnace because it burns too hot. Just buy a mid-efficiency furnace. Yeah, you can't buy a mid-efficiency furnace anymore. Oh, uh, is that right? That's correct. Yeah, the regulations to cover emissions uh, has now made it, for for better terms, illegal to sell a mid-efficient furnace. Oh. High efficiency is the only way. And the only difference between a mid and a high is that the high efficiency has one more heat exchanger that pulls out 12 to 18% more heat. Is so, that right? So when people say, you know, I'd rather a mid than a high, you're really getting the same furnace, just an extra heat exchanger in the unit. Yeah. And, well, like I just said, I always wish to understand it burns a lot hotter. Of course, you got more. Well, there you go. Just by the sure fact that you've got one more heat exchange, more complicated. I don't know. But anyway, uh, thanks, guys. I really appreciate your time. Okay. No trouble. Thanks, James. Thanks, James. Appreciate that. Yeah, and, and we get that an awful lot that people think, uh, you know, and what I'll say, the high-efficiency furnaces, when they came out 20 years ago, 25 years ago, there was a couple of years there where they had some problems. They were not the reliable product that they are today. But all of those problems have were worked out, and now for the last 15 years or so, um, I would say you're... High efficiency furnace is more reliable than your mids because of the environment. Well, yeah, they certainly they've made great strides and great improvements on on those products, um, and it it just makes sense that they they chose that path. You know, why why if we're conscious about in the environment, would we install a furnace which is eighty percent efficient versus one that's ninety two or ninety five percent efficient? So, it yep, it's uh, we have. Um, there's a lots lots of choices to choose from in, with those furnaces. So, yeah, and I mean, a lot of times we say you can buy a, use a car scenario Chevette to a Cadillac. So you know that's the price difference goes with the, that kind of if we want builder grade product or we want top of the line product, and then we also got to do a heat loss and heat gain to determine the right size. That's correct. Yes. So now there was one question that came in that kind of ties into this talk on uh, mid-efficiency furnaces, the customer says, why do I need a chimney liner? And that was from Bob who sent in an email. Um, the one thing uh, when we remove a furnace out of a chimney, so they had a mid-efficient furnace right. or a standard furnace, we call it, uh, and we move that out and we're now venting a high efficiency out through the wall, but there is still a water heater sitting there in that chimney why do they need to put in a chimney liner? Uh, well, that that chimney, uh, which typically it's a masonry chimney or something on the side of the house, when you have those two products going into it, if you can imagine you've got a big furnace and a water heater, they create a, quite a bit of exhaust. And 
the furnace being the biggest contributor. So the furnace has the most amount of exhaust going up that pipe. So when you pull that furnace away, the poor water heater only produces a little bit of exhaust. It's, it can't get up the chimney, so it's trying to get out of the house. But with that cold winter air pushing down that chimney, that that flue gas or that exhaust can't get out of the house. You made reference to a to a fire hose and a garden hose, which is a good analogy, Peter. You want to explain that one? Yeah, I mean, if I have a, a garden hose and I turn my tap on full with no nozzle on the end, just the water flowing out, it's maybe shooting out a couple of feet before it drops down. If I put a, gar- or a fire hose onto that same flow, the water would just dribble out the end because right. now there is no pressure. So a chimney liner basically does that brings the chimney from a six-inch square down to a four-inch round and forces that air or the flue gases out the top, allows it to shoot out the chimney so that the air can blow it away. If we didn't do that, we got a chance of carbon monoxide to come back in the home. Water comes back down the chimney. Yeah, yeah. or you can deteriorate it and you start seeing the bricks popping right. and cracking because of all the moisture and everything. So. Hopefully that helps uh, both Bob and James a little bit on the the mid-efficient furnace versus the high. We're going to take a break here, but like James, the phone lines are open. You can give us a call at 519-643-2222 or 1-866-354-8255. You're listening to Inch by Inch, the ultimate home comfort show. Live on AM980 and online at am980.ca. Got a question about plumbing, heating, or air conditioning? Call now, 519-643-2222 or 1-866-354-8255. Now, once again, your hosts, Peter and Steve. Welcome back. We're going to head right back to the phone lines, and we have uh, Mike. Uh, Go ahead, Mike, with your question. Yeah, there, Mike? Mike? Hello, Mike. <laughs> I can I can hear him. I can hear him driving in the car, but I or he's outside something. Well, we'll put him on hold here and uh, see if we can he can come to the line or he's listening on the radio, maybe. <laughs> uh, but we'll uh, we'll give it a try in a minute here. Um, we've had a few people uh, call in about uh, water heaters. The other. Uh, talking a little bit about them. And, and we had one customer who called in that wanted their water heater moved because they're doing foundation work. Uh, and, and I think it was about five minutes after that, we had another customer call who needed the air conditioner moved. Right. Um, the air conditioner was 25 years old. Yes. It uh, was an old champion heat pump. Yes. You remember those in the good I, old days? I do remember those, yep. Um, so... What can be the challenge of moving something that old and then trying to rehook it up? Well, obviously, when when a when a product is that old, uh, copper uh, actually becomes more and more uh, rigid as it ages. So, when you are, if you're trying to to disconnect, because we have to recover all the refrigerant that's in that product, and that would be freon in that product, as well as uh, now we're going to take that product and we're going to um, take it, disturb it, and then put it someplace else, there's there's a good chance that in that interruption, um, because of the age, something else is going to go wrong. Like it may it may develop a leak someplace that's just been sitting there, not undisturbed, but now that you're disturbing it, it may cause something else to happen to it. 
And we used to get that all the time with fridges. People would unplug their fridge, move, get to their new house, plug it in, and the fridge wouldn't work. And they go like, it was just working. Yeah. We moved it. And it's the same, like you were saying, it's the same thing that the air conditioner was used to being there under the same conditions working. Now we've taken it, shut it down, changed it, tried to put it back in place and get it re-going. And there's probably on a unit that old a 50-50 chance that you won't have any troubles down the road. Right. I mean, it's kind of like you riding the bike. <laughs> to Grand Bend, you know, you get off the bike, you're a little sore, you sit down for a couple hours, it may be hard to get you going again. Absolutely, yes. So uh, it's the same thing with an old air conditioner, or in this case, it was an old heat pump. Are you referring that I'm old, Peter? Is uh, that... <laughs> I, I didn't. I think we're about the same age, aren't we? Well, that could be, yes. <laughs> I look older than you. That's all I know. So, But uh, definitely you have to be careful when you're um, when you're moving products, if it's that old, that may be the time to look at replacing that product and look at installing a new one or understand that, you know, it'll be hooked back up, but there's a chance you could have some trouble. Well, and, and that's part of the issue. You know, you're going to spend all this money to take an, uh, a 25 or 30-year-old air conditioner and move it, and then there's a 50% chance that you've spent that money and now it's not going to work. And now now you're going to end up having to buy another one anyways. So you might as well take that that perceived cost of what it's going to cost you to move and just put that into a brand new uh, unit. Yeah, and a couple, you know, people say, well, what's it cost? A hundred bucks to move this? You're looking at, you know, five to eight hundred dollars to do a proper, proper move. Right. Where you take the precautions to make sure that hopefully the unit will run again when it's hooked back up if it's that old. But uh, it is not an inexpensive job. It's a couple hours to disconnect it properly and then another two or three hours to rehook it up yeah. correctly. So I hope that helps uh, the listeners who had that question concerning disconnecting air conditioners or water heater. It's the same thing to move it. We had a customer, um, Fred, who wanted to know, should I install a frost-free hydrant for the tap in my garage? Um is it beneficial to do that? And the first comment would be, you know, is the garage heated or unheated? Right. If it's unheated, definitely we're saying install that frost-free hydrant because you leave the door open while you're snow blowing. You could definitely get some cold air in there that could freeze an ordinary tap. So we would say for sure it should be a frost-free hydrant. Um, if it's heated... Probably not as necessary, but same thing as if you leave the garage door open while you're snow blowing. I, I just I, I think you know we we live in Canada, and uh, last winter was a was a an example of how cold it can get here, which was rare, but it does get this cold. Um, why would you want to mess around with water in your house if you have a external hydrant, even if it's in the garage or on your house? You should just go with frost free. Yeah, and it's not much more. Uh, cost to install that and and you have the peace of mind that is protected. And That's right. Like you were saying, you know, two years ago it was the coldest winter we had ever had. Last year it was the coldest February in history. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know if this is a pattern, but I'm getting concerned that it may be the, you know, we've had so much snow in the last two years <laughs> that uh, I think it's going to start to become a, a norm for us. I hope not because I'm a little t I'm not even I, I refuse to even talk about snow right now so let's move on to a different subject. <laughs> <Right>. <clears throat> so we'll 
We'll move on to duck cleaning. Uh, that's that's okay. not, nothing that's, to do that, with okay, snow. Okay, that's so. much better. Um, we had uh, – Gerald had a call said, uh, with regards to duck cleaning, some companies say they do sanitization. What is it? Do you do it? And if you don't do it, why don't you? Well, sanitization to me means that you're introducing a spray into your ductwork, uh, and there are there are some companies that will do that. Um, and they do that just to, um, I don't know whether it's it's to a bacteria kill or a viral kill inside the ductwork that they're concerned about. Um, we do not do that. We we're very strongly we strongly feel against that. There are, you never know these days when you're walking into a person who has potential allergies, and if you were to introduce a spray into the ductwork, which is a ventilation system for the entire house, uh, you could create quite an issue inside that house. Yeah, and and you know they usually inject it in one area, and I, and what we've always said with our duct cleaning or anything we do, if we can't do it right, we're not going to do it at all. And when you're injecting it into the duct, and you have to shoot it, if your house is twenty feet long or thirty feet long, but you have to shoot it to the far end of the duct, how do I assure that I sanitized or deodorized that whole duct from one end to the other when I'm only shooting it in one area. Right. Um, from all the systems we looked at, you know, we were concerned on allergies. You know, would it affect somebody? Normally we're cleaning ducts because people have allergies and we don't want to put something in their ducts that could cause them to have a reaction. We can't guarantee that it cleans it completely. And if you say you're going to disinfect it, you know, how do I really prove that I did disinfect it, that I killed all the bacteria in there? So when we couldn't prove those three things, that's when we said, if we clean the duct very well, we've got rid of the dust and everything in there for allergies, we aren't going to do any sanitization. We don't believe it it works or is efficient. So in that case, that's why we don't do it. Um, and any, is- any sanitization that you want to do with your Airstream, they make products nowadays that you can do that. You can put them on your furnace or attach them like different air cleaners or we have UV sterilization now for air streams. So we can do all that sanitization with the air that's going on, that's going through the ductwork now, as opposed to, um, trying to, trying to think you're sanitizing it in the ductwork itself. And then the air going through it, the minute they walk out, you haven't sanitized it. That's so right. it's just going to build up again and yes. become a problem. So Definitely, we can sanitize, like you say, with either filtration or UV lights yep. that are available. And even UV lights that will absorb odors is now out there. Yep. Maybe you can talk a little bit about the Opco. Well, we have two different products. We have, uh, we have Lennox makes one called uh, Pure Air, or uh, they call it PCO, which stands for photocatalytic oxidation. And uh, what it does is there's a, a UV light that shines on this catalyst, which actually absorbs odors, uh, neutralizes uh, certain chemicals to make it the air better in your house. So APCO makes a smaller one that goes in the return air stream as well, and it's got PCO technology as well. So those bulbs have to be changed annually in order to keep that bulb active. You may tell me that I can see the bulb on, but uh, a UV bulb is only good for one year. Otherwise, it just turns into a black light and doesn't do what it needs to do. Right. We we remember those from our younger years in our bedrooms, <laughs> you know, that lit up everything in there. So so with different kind of uh, black light in the UV system. But yes. 
Well, we thank you for listening to us on the radio. When we're not on the radio, you can reach us by calling in in London or St. Thomas at 519-681-2450. Or in Sarnia, you can call us at 519-786-2373 or always at one eight six six experts or online at royinch.com. You can listen to the podcast of this show or any of our shows at royinch.com by hitting the inch by inch button on the right hand side of the homepage. Thanks, Steve, for coming in today. Thanks for what you did for MS in the bike ride. And as we say at the shop, life is hard by the yard, by the inch, life's a cinch. We'll see you next week.